This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome, everyone, one and all, boys and girls, men and women, people and smaller people, to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, and Daniel Roman, the other editor of WinnersComing.net, and occasional guests uh, talk about all things, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, movies, television. And we are here on a very special day, um, as I'm sure you all know. Hey, Julie. Hey, Christian. Anybody out there watching for the first time, because this was a, a big day, feel free to chime in here on a special day, because... As I'm sure a lot of you have noticed, we got some new, big, juicy, ripe, fresh information about House of the Dragon, HBO's upcoming Game of Thrones prequel show. Daniel, how are you feeling this day? Hello. How are you? It's a rush. It's a rush, man. I I feel like I'm on speed today, and I swear I'm not. (laughs) It's just the news. The news has been crazy. Yeah, because we got... Wait, what what's what's the the deal, Dan? Why why are we so excited? Tell the people. Okay. They all know. That's that's why you're, everyone's here. Hello, everyone. But we're gonna talk about it. This job can feel like you're on speed. On, on like a good day when there's like a lot of stuff happening, it is excitement. On other days, it's kind of yeah. like eh, let's get this over with. But some days it's really really fun. Today was a fun day, and because yeah. HBO announced the date, the release date for House of the Dragon, August twenty first, twenty twenty two, and Daniel, I'm just gonna say right now, yes. We called it, didn't we? We've been calling it. Did we not yeah. call it for like we, a we straight month it. now? We have been saying yep. August because of all these signs, all like the uh, the books coming out around this time. They all kind of were like, there's some new book pointing. They're coming out in July. There's a new calendar in July. There's like a making of book coming out in November after the season would be over. Um, yep. And then Matt Smith and Emma Darcy's management agency started to say August. So like I have been, I just want to say, we have been calling August for a straight month. We're geniuses. We're correct. We are the Warren Buffett of dragons and space lasers, and we should be commended for this. That's right. Call us HBO. We we can help you with your marketing clearly because we know what what you guys are thinking. Uh-huh. Um, We're in yeah. there. We're in there. Yeah, that was kind of the thing I prefaced. I when we found out the news today, I was like, oh, it's August twenty first, and we called it because uh-huh. um, you know sometimes when that happens, you got to take a minute and just feel good about it. Because, yeah, the it, it's fascinating to look at the book schedules now because it is like that calendar, oh, the Fire and Blood uh, tie-in. Those come out in July and then yeah. the show debuts. And then right like around the end of the show and after the show is the illustrated Rise of the Dragon and the making of book. Yes. So they've so, got a HBO and, and George R. R. Martin are going to have a nice end of their year this year for sure <laughs> absolutely or, or they're gonna have year. gonna afford some some uh some solid christmas presents this year they have a nice runway plan yes. hbo does and thanks everybody julie you're the best i agree julie thank yeah, you thank you uh melissa elaine everyone is pretty happy about this uh dan diane newman yes some great news all around definitely happening and okay so yeah there's two things i want to bring up the first is bring them up just Okay, let's do pictures first because because they release a lot okay. of pictures, a lot of very pretty glossy pictures. Oh, they're, so, they're so pretty. I love visual stimulation because my brain has been degraded by a lot of TV, and I understand things. Okay, so here we oh, have. Um, I love this shot. It's this is the best one I think of the of yeah. the group. So we got um, Miley Alcook. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but I'll learn uh, as young Rhaenyra Targaryen and. Emily Carey as young Allison Hightower. So these are like House of the Dragon, like Game of Thrones. It's an ensemble show, a lot of stuff going on at once. But if you wanted to like narrow it down to one driving conflict, it's probably these two. So Rhaenyra is the daughter of King Viserys and, you know, she is promised the throne. And then Allison, who is there hugging her behind her, is the second wife of her father, the king, who is her her mother dies. 
And the conflict is at first they like each other in this young thing here. They like each other a lot. And then they grow apart when Alicent bears the king's sons and is like, you know what? I'd rather my kids be king and you not be queen. How about that? What do you think of that, Rhaenyra? And that will eventually, yep. and then when the king dies, they put her to war. So yeah, I like that a lot. I like kind of the the soft lighting. I like kind of the glossiness of it. And I like the intimacy. Like, I like that they're going to yeah. have this personal dimension, right? That they're going to start as friends and then be driven apart by, you know, ambition, legacy, power, all that juicy Shakespearean crap. All those things that makes yeah, all those <laughs> things that Game of Thrones shows are about mm-hmm, that made Game of Thrones so fun to watch. What's your take on this? Yeah. Thing? You I, I think one of the things I love about this picture more mm. than even some of the other ones is that I feel like it's telling us something. It's telling yes. us a story, this picture, because yes. so if I remember right and correct me if I'm wrong, okay. Allison came to the Red Keep before she was married to Viserys. Yeah. Her her father, Otto Hightower, who they released an image of today, Rissifans, he looks real evil, even oh, though he's him. kind of a. A, a gray character. Mm-hmm. Um, so Allison came to the Red Keep because her father kind of wanted her to hang around King yeah. Viserys and catch his eye. But before that, like she and Rhaenyra Targaryen were just friends. Um, I think they and were then buddies. she became her, her her stepmom, which is kind right. of like you, it's understandable how there might be some weird tension there. Yeah, I I've been wondering how much of their young dynamic they're going sh- to show in House of the Dragon. And I feel like with that picture, I'm like, OK, they're going to really build this conflict up from the time they're young to show their schism where King Viserys says he still wants Rhaenyra to be the uh-huh. heir onto his deathbed. That's what he says. Rhaenyra is the heir. And Alicent and all of the, her small council are basically like, nope. Uh-uh. As soon as Viserys dies, they decide we're going to put um, Aegon II on the throne. So, yeah, I, I love that shot. Yeah. That is the best one. It's because of what you said, that it's telling a story that, I mean, yeah. the, um, uh, the director, Greg Yaitanis, I don't know if that's how you say his name, was talking like an interview about how it's all important to ground things in character, how we're kind of taking inspiration yeah. from the early seasons when he, he said that, I, I like this, that's that, good. That, that Game of Thrones lived in the glances and kind of the sideways looks and the gestures, which is like a very, yeah. like, you know, which... You think if the show is like, oh, the dragons and zombie one. But I agree with him that it, it, it really did was at its best when it's like these small, little subtle things that can move mountains. And totally this shot does kind of show me that, yeah, they want to tell this intimate story that has a grand scale. I mean, it just, it's just yes, juicy. Yeah. Although uh, it's not a correction, but I, I, I think I remember in Fire and Blood, they said that, uh, that they were buddies like. Even after Alison became her stepmom, it was only yeah. when she had the sons that they started to rift apart because then it was like a threat. But like even some yep. <laughs> one of the jokes like, hey, mom, how you doing? Hey, girl. Then they like can go you know, do, <laughs> go shopping together or whatever. I would do that. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait to see how they do that dynamic because, yeah, I, that sounds right to me that as time went on and and yeah, once she had kids because Allison had three kids. Um, yeah. So, so then it, it yeah, became very much a conflict of of who's going to take over and and then their kids also um, hate each other and they also get into fights they do that's good yeah yeah it's going to be juicy the the family you know the closest thing game of thrones had to that i feel like was the starks and lannisters like kind of them not liking each other but this is even more because it's the same family and it's two Mm -hmm. branches of the same family and it's parents hating each other kids hating each other and kind of them bouncing off one another to just make the situation worse and worse kids stealing dragons kids gouging out other kids eyes and little back yeah, things the, yeah, the kids really kick things into high gear throughout mm-hmm. the conflict like usually when things escalate it's because of something with the kids <laughs> which of course which is just like an immediate kind of connection right to like an 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 emotional reason for doing stuff you know like there's like some series yeah. some books some movies some tv shows where like the reason for the plot is you have to go get the thing or like some tier yeah. of evermore you don't really care about like i always thought the game of thrones and and house of the dragon are like the reason for the plot is you stabbed out my kid's eye and i'm angry like it's just it's so much more direct yeah i yep. enjoy we should probably look at a kid picture. has power and they're gonna do a 
dumb thing that a kid who is a king might do mm-hmm. like behead someone they're not supposed to yeah i always i always enjoyed that about 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 this, these stories how they sort of have like a direct line to the heart let's look at another picture because we've talked about this one for a while uh we let's also have okay of course we have Oof. mr matt Oof. smith as damon yeah. targaryen so okay uh the biggest name in this cast looking good looking good um that is an effective wig uh so look like ooh, tell us your thoughts dan matt smith i mean he he, he didn't strike me as like oh that's perfect casting and even now yeah. i look at him and i still see Matt Smith a bit this is gonna have to come alive in the performance i think for me like totally. i'm not sure i'm gonna really fully buy matt smith's damon until i am watching him act because yeah i mean i can't not see matt smith in a platinum blonde wig yeah i totally agree with you i mean matt Jesus, Matt Smith. Uh, Damon is the character who like, so HBR released all these character descriptions today. Mm -hmm. He's the one who gets the, but it is said that whenever a Targaryen is born, the gods toss a coin in the air because he is violent and mercurial and charming and schemes and uh, is dangerous, but also charismatic. I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I looking at him, it's like, yeah, it is Matt Smith in a platinum blonde wig. It, he's going to really have to sell it. I think there's more pressure for him to sell it because Liger it's is, also yeah. like one of the coolest roles, one of the coolest characters in this, in this conflict. As Julie says, still not a fan of the wigs, but I can get over it. Yeah, it's going to be a, gonna wig be a lot heavy of show. Yeah, this is going <laughs> yeah. to be wig stock 2022. It's going to be a lot of wigs. <laughs> wig stock. Yeah. Again, I want to see them in motion and do everything. Like again, it it, it it's it's because it's Matt Smith. Like I don't mind the blonde wig on uh, Miley Alcook, but Matt Smith is he's the doctor, so it's going to be harder to get over that hump. But I will. I bet I can. And um, I believe yeah. in him. He's a good actor. I just I'm going to have to see it happen before I can fully get enthusiastic about it. Speaking of wigs, yeah, though, we also have here uh, a photo of Steve Toussaint as Corliss Valerian, I know these names, and Eve Best yeah. as his wife, Rainey's Targaryen, or Nay yeah. Targaryen, now Valerian. The Valerians, important. Uh, oh, yeah. Trading family, big mariners, very, very rich, the Lannisters of their time. And these two are important because... Yeah. Um, they're kind of like the Ned Stark and Catelyn Stark of the time. Like they're actually like a healthy couple. Like they are married and they're happy and they have kids and it's like weirdly normal, which is good to have once in a while. Yeah, totally. I think so. The Valerians, uh, they have the wigs too, because they they are of the 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 blood of old Valyria. They came with the Targaryens. I think they were like a minor house serving the Targaryens. Rhaenys, she's interesting because so this precedent of men taking the line of rule in Westeros Mm. was really established because of her, because at a point before the show, she was up for the throne and she was Uh the favored for the throne. And there was a great council. And basically the council said, we need to give it to a male heir, even if if there's not a female, if it's only a female heir, we'll give it to a cousin, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. So Viserys, who is the king in this, Patty Cassidine, he ended up becoming the king and Rhaenys is the queen that never was. Right. So of course, she's going to back Rhaenyra Targaryen when the schism happens mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of like history repeating itself. But yeah, they're, you know, they're, one of the rare healthy couple in Game of Thrones. It, the show needs that to make it the sadistic people yeah. work and not just be like everyone's awful. Like, and they will contrast them with, say, for instance, Matt Smith, Damon Targaryen, and Rhaenyra Targaryen, who are uncle and niece and also have a thing together because yeah. this is Game yep. of Thrones and that sort of thing just happens. Yep. I just have to get used to it. I'm sorry. Yep. And this is the age. So for what it's worth, this is the age of the Targaryens. So the incest is normalized in their family, but even in their family, Rhaenyra and Damon raise eyebrows. Rhaenyra's father does not approve. Doesn't the king like banish him for a while, but yes. freaking an interest? But he dies, so I got to yep. go anyway. Yeah, I think bef- before he dies, there's a period. Damon's he's banished to go wage war in the Stepstones, right? Basically, to keep him away from Rhaenyra. Don't work. Don't work. Which again, it, it's going to you know just it's kind of refreshing because I mean no, it's horrible, but uh, it's refreshing <laughs> in in the way like I, 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 
as I said during Game of Thrones, I am anti incest on this uh, in in general. It's <laughs> that's because, a good policy. Yeah, it's just that is the official policy of take the black that we are anti um, incest. <laughs> the closer it gets, the worse it is. It's refreshing <laughs> in that you want your characters like the traditional line if you're making like a marvel show or whatever to be likable and yeah it's i I like that hbo has the cojones to go ahead ahead and say are two of our biggest characters the most important ones the ones there will be funkos of they will be in an incestuous relationship that takes guts and i like that just because like game of thrones we liked a lot of the characters but even when they did horrible things. And frankly, I'm not sure there are characters on this show who are as like immediately lovable as Arya or Tyrion or something. They're more, I mean, there were like some who were nice. There's like um, yeah. the one, I forget his name, the bastard of Tumbleton, who's kind of a cool guy or some of the children are good, but like, it, it's more like Rhaenyra, who's, who's a very complicated figure, who like is a capable, interesting person, which is also very ambitious. She's also pretty brutal. She's married to her uncle. Like she has some, uh, some, yeah. some wrinkles. And there are a lot of folk like that. And I applaud them gonna, taking that risk. Yeah, it's going to be. A, I think that's a challenge of the show, right? Because A Song of Ice and Fire fleshed out all those characters so well Mm -hmm. to make them so lovable. And, you know, for this, we have Fire and Blood, which is like it just never gives it it doesn't give the same level of depth to get attached to the characters. So, like, I think there's a similar character to Arya, too. I think it's one of Damon's daughters. Um, It's unclear. It's uh, Nettles. She's great. I do like Nettles a lot. Yeah. But she won't be, but she won't be around till like season two or something. So you're going to start with some wild, wacky stuff, which uh, I'm all for. As Joanne says, in a lot of ancient cultures, even in our timeline, incest was a commonplace event, which is true, but there's a difference between exactly why it's here. Like, yes, incest happened in ancient times, but like do movie studios want to put incest in their multi quadrillion dollar tv shows like those yeah. are two different considerations <laughs> just because it happens doesn't mean you have to put it on tv but hbo is doing it and i'm good for that actually says you're right of yeah. course dan but i'm also anti-murder but these happen <laughs> on all these shows it's good as they stick it's good and they stick with the story is written which i completely agree with julie but i i i think that there are yeah. like a lot of networks who like the executives will say like you can't have them do that don't have them do that we don't want to alienate yeah. like you know uh women um 18 to 34 we don't like this test badly with this demographic and just there are things yeah. you go against conventional wisdom to do on tv and it's nice that they're going to be largely they're like they're going to have to be largely ignored for this show to be true to the source material yeah i think hbo is good with that i i think mm-hmm. in terms of like checking viewership boxes and again th- i'm speculating here but it feels like, you know, I just got done watching Raised by Wolves recently. Ooh. I don't know what viewership boxes that was checking, but that's the kind of thing where it's like they're just giving the freedom to tell the story as long as it's good and they make it work. And yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they carry a show where like a lot of the main players are incestuous, like on some level and spend money. It's on not it. just Rhaenyra and Damon. Yeah, no, it's not like, it's one thing to like make the Sopranos back in the day where it's like, you're filming in like modern yeah. day, New Jersey. You don't like, you can go to sets, but like this, they're spending tens of millions of dollars on, and there's the incest murder. Like, so it's a bigger <laughs> risk. Yeah. Truth. Okay. But uh, it's not all incest. It, no, our no. next picture. <laughs> Let's say nice, nice, say nice, nice. Next thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So th- we have another picture that we're going to put up here on the screen. This is Missaria, uh, Sonia mm-hmm. Mizuno. And she is another one of Damon's love interests slash closest advisors. She is a dancer from Lise, I believe, who comes over to the mm-hmm. Seven Kingdoms and has a very large arc over the course of the story. She's basically the Varys. Yeah, like of, the Varys. of this tale. The Mistress um, of Whisperers, they call her. A good character. Yes. Like again, like, yeah, great character. Not like really fleshed out in the book, but just the arc of like kind of starting from nothing, catches Damon Targaryen's attention, and ends up becoming like the chief informant for Rhaenyra Targaryen during the war. Like, there's a lot yep. of there, there, you know, like you could really flesh that out into something really, really cool. So, and yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think they'll have some interesting room to explore in terms of the romances here because. Damon, you know, aside from the incest, he's also polyamorous somewhat. You know, he's in a 
Rhaenyra and Missaria, he's in relationships with both of them at the same time, and they are aware of it. And that, but things still get jealous and messy as other people become involved. Yeah, like, um, I'm curious to see how they handle all of that. It could get very messy. That's that's the thing. Like, it's a it's a messy story, and I wonder if it like is. calling him polyamorous did him too much credit for just like probably you know, probably a little a too lot. much. And uh, right near, maybe it's like a little practical person. Like, I mean, yeah, but I want to be queen. He can help me. So it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. They'll cross the bridge when they come to it. He's, he's also married to Lena Valerian in this early season. Like, we know that she'll be in oh, it. Yeah. She's been cast. So he that guy gets around. Okay. Uh, da- yeah. House of the Dragon, The Many Loves of Daemon Targaryen. <sighs> That's the subtitle of the show. I have to read this comment from Julie. Uh, oh, do it. Maybe they could get oh. Will in to slap a few people for committing incest. <laughs> oh, Will Smith. What? Uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that a bit later in the lightning round. But like, yeah, that was wild. That was some Game of Thrones stuff up on the Oscar stage over the weekend. Just a guy up of a seat in front of millions of people, slaps a guy on national TV, international TV, and just sits back down and then gets an award later. It was insane. That was some high drama. That was some and high drama at the Oscars, for celebrities sure. Celebrities lately have been off the chain. And then Ezra Miller got arrested in Hawaii for like yelling at a karaoke bar. It just like. People are people are going off. Right now. That was what it was for. Was yelling at a karaoke bar. Well, he, like grab the mic from someone who was singing. and was like hurling obscenities at people who were singing karaoke. Apparently <laughs> this is what was reported. He's the flash. That's fun. Um, and then the boys <laughs> guy got arrested for heading into a bar fight. Yep. Anthony uh, star, star. The one star. Two, yeah. two R's. Vladimir Putin loves JK Rowling. Like the stuff's been happening. In celebrity spheres lately. All right. Should we go on yeah. to um, another picture? The last one, I think. Let's do it. Yeah, we got okay. one more picture in the hopper. Let's take a look. Oh, this, this is a nice a, one. Yeah, it's not bad. This is a Fabian Frankel as Kristen Cole, apparently in a black void somewhere kneeling in his armor. So he's a cool character, too. He is a member of the Kingsguard. I think he's Dornish born. And his deal is that he's on the Kingsguard. And again, in Fire and Blood, the book this is based on, they leave it kind of ambiguous like a lot of things, including him. We know that he was very close with Rhaenyra as kids. And then we know that they have some kind of horrible falling out. And then he joins Alicent Hightower and her son on that side of the war and fights Rhaenyra. But we don't know, like, were they romantically involved? Were they just great friends? Did one of them want to be romantic and the other one didn't? Were they romantic for a while and one of the other ended it? How did it end? Like, all of this is purposefully made explicit and, and and in the book the gimmick is we get like three versions of the story like in one yeah. he like Rhaenyra wants to run away with him he's like no and the other he wants to run with, he wants to run away with Rhaenyra and she's like no like so it's not told so they gotta choose one which yeah. is kind of an interesting place for a writer to be in like uh we have some options as to what this character <laughs> did uh um, yeah which one is it I think that's a good place for them to be in because, you know, they they can go with whatever they have more freedom, I guess, to choose whichever story best suits the story they're trying to tell. And yeah, Fire and Blood is purposely ambiguous in a bunch of places. And that is a very specific one where it's like it just the waters are very muddy. All we know is that they had a falling out. And he basically becomes like a sworn enemy of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of like I, making Game of Thrones comparisons. I think of him as kind of like a Loras Terrell type character. Like he's mm. he's like the the gem of the King's Guard a little bit. Sure. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. the the lead knight. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. That's going to be juicy, I think. However, think so that too. goes down. There's also the bit where he throws Lyman Beesbury out a window for suggesting that they... <laughs> don't rebel against the crown or that's the one version i mean okay yes they should definitely or did he do... trip out the window no they do the throwing out that's that <laughs> like that choice is easy yes he throws them out the window yeah. that's an easy one to make if you're a writer for mine there's a good totally. comment from uh abdi here on youtube these dudes that's us talking about us talking like that's all us. other the characters dudes. look totally different with wigs and costumes but it's matt smith owing to criticize it even though it doesn't make any sense gosh and i guess abdi what i'd say is that it's it 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 does hit a little differently for me when it's a famous face like that's the kind of the thing about casting celebrities and roles sometimes 
I mean, it's it's good because it attracts people to your show or your movie or whatever, but it's a bit of a risk because you risk people looking at the character and seeing the actor, not the character. So I don't want to good point. kind of um, think of Doctor Who when I look at Matt Smith in a blonde wig. It's just uh, I watched that show and now it's hard for me not to. But I mean, also, if you see a famous person and they get into it enough, it doesn't really matter. Like if he does a good job by the second episode, I'll probably be on board. But um, that's why yeah, I'm curious. Totally. I, I do think it makes a difference, though, when you cast cele- or like it's not celebrities, like just like folk who have names and have faces out there than more unowns or folk who just aren't terribly well known or work in theater or something. It's it. it, it yeah, it, I would it agree with that. Stars. It's a whole thing. But I'm not against it. I'm all for it. I just um, there is a bit of a a a a a, a trickier line to walk when you have a big name in your cast. Oh, as Christian Hannah said, Colin Fell did a good job. Yeah, as the Penguin oh and the Batman, like Daniel, he was amazing. Didn't even know it was him. I think what you said. Or I, no, yeah, no, I I did not know for a while that it was him. I think he totally nailed it. That's a that's a perfect example where like. Mm-hmm. When I heard it was Colin Farrell, I was like, okay, do do we need this? Did anyone ask for this? Is it going to be any good? But then seeing it, he totally transformed. So that's a great example because they could have cast an ugly unknown person. They should have as the penguin and instead they they cast colin farrell and put him under tons of prosthetics so there's just an extra you know looking at these things critically there's an extra level of of needing to i guess justify it in some way through their performance maybe yeah, a little bit yeah i think it's, matt it's smith more probably will nail it i think he probably will. he's a very good actor like i'm not i'm not really worried but there is yeah. this little dichotomy when it comes to celebrities but anyway um yeah the other point I want to bring up about House of the Dragon is, okay, and I want to ask, uh, and all you guys too, I mean, this is obviously a Game of Thrones podcast, yeah. so we're all kind of team Game of Thrones here, but that's the thing. So this show is going to be airing August 21st, which means that it's going to be airing at the same time as Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power show. Yep. That's going to be loud, <laughs> Dan. They're going to be, I am already picturing people online, people writing think pieces, including us. Maybe even people on like the radio, news shows, you know, Facebook, Instagram. There's going to be Twitter, obviously. Twitter's going to be the main one. Twitter's going to be a bloody yeah. battleground. Um, Sorry there's going to be a lot of hot takes on Lord yes, of the Rings versus House of the Dragon. Which is better? Which is worse? Eight things that the Rings of Power did better than House of the Dragon. Twelve things that House of the Dragon did that Lord of the Rings isn't the to do. Yada, 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 and so forth. I'm, what do you think of it? Are you looking forward to that? Are you, do you wish this had aired separately or do you think it's good that these two giant fantasy shows are going to be airing literally at the same time? Yeah. So chime in in the chat, guys. I mm-hmm. personally, I feel like this was destined to happen. It's kind of one of those <laughs> things where it's like, we've been joking about it since like January, like watch them be airing at the same time. And it turns into the online rumble of these two great fantasy shows happening at once. It just it feels like it was always going to shake out that way somehow. So I personally am for it. I mean, it's going to be crazy for for us reporting on both of these shows. It's going to be a busy couple of months, Um, but I think it's going to be exciting. It's kind of cool to see, you know, prequel series to two very influential stories happening around the same time. You know, the jury's out on how good either or both of them will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more confident in one than the other, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm all for it. How about you? I'm all for it too. I think it'll be exciting. I think, I think it'll be intense. We're we'll working very hard, but yeah, I think there'll be a lot of yeah. energy in the room, like just in general during those few months. I I bet it'll be exciting to be watching both. And yeah, I mean, like for us, we got to watch both, and then and then I have to get online to talk about both. That's there's gonna be a lot of energy yeah. there. To look forward to. Also, just you know. Hopefully they're both really good and I enjoy them both. As Joanne says, I wish they were spaced up, but would be glued to my set. And Nicole says, I would rather have it separated because I, I might confuse the two. That's, that's interesting. It's possible. Yeah. It's like when the Witcher was at the same time as the Wheel of Time, <laughs> which is a good point. Yeah. Like, yeah, these, it, that is fair. And we did compare them. That's completely fair. Oh, 100%. We com- oh, we completely compared them. <laughs> we, again, we did. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Look, human beings like comparing things. Human beings like saying this is better or worse than the other thing. It's just part of human nature. Um, so yeah. that's my like print of response, folks. Like, they're different. Treat them as different. Like, I will, but I, that's just where the brain goes. I can't help it. And I'm not going to apologize for that or try and not do it just because. Yeah. Like, they're going to yeah. get compared. 
I am going to just get on the train now and start doing it rather than pointlessly resist. And I'm looking forward to both. It should be an exciting time to be watching the TV. Yes, it will. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope it, you know, I hope this breaks into the mainstream news a little bit that these two gigantic fantasy shows are on at the same time. More fantasy in the mainstream news, please. Speaking of fantastical things, uh, we've talked a lot about House of the Dragon. Of course we have, but let's talk a bit about the new Marvel program, Moon Knight. That's Marvel's new superhero show starring Oscar Isaac as an amnesiac disassociative identity disorder having superhero who is part mild-mannered British gift shop worker and part globe-trotting devil jackal beating up costume wearing mercenary man of mystery um yeah that's the official synopsis i don't know why i'm not being hired to write these things uh we both watched the premiere episode and daniel i have two questions for you one what's in your mug because christian wants to know and b what's like a moon knight this this is uh it's straight milk of the poppy in the mug i'll be asleep (laughs) as soon as the episode ends no it's it's just water unfortunately i did think as I was getting ready for this, I had to break out the Stark mug because it's House of the Dragon Day. Naturally. Um, I Yeah, we'll see if there's ever a, a day that's worth getting out a drinking horn for on, here on the podcast. Oh. Maybe when the show airs. Right, right, right. When the premiere um, comes. Okay, so that was question one. What's question two? What did you think of the Moon Knight premiere? I loved the Moon Knight premiere. I, I thought it, it was, I went into it with high expectations and it was a little different than my expectations, but I think that was for the better. Um, yeah, I really liked how much of the action took place off screen, which I feel like is mm-hmm. a weird, is not a take I ever expected to give, but it really immersed you in the viewpoint of, of museum worker Stephen Grant a lot more that um, <laughs> British I don't know how spoilery. British museum worker, Oscar Isaac. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is not British. And like, I, I remember the, that I watched the trailer and I saw him talking in a British accent. I was like, is he British? Is he one of those people who just like are British and you don't know it like Tom Holland? But no, he's not. He's just put no. on an accent for the show. Yeah. What did you think? Did you did you enjoy it? I actually really did. Um, I went in with low expectations because uh, Marvel in general wrote me the wrong way. But um, I got to say, yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Nicole asked, is it dark and edgy? And my answer is, it's probably about as dark and edgy as Marvel's going to get, Nicole, which is to say, yeah, uh, kind of. Um, it definitely eh. has. It features blood. Yeah. It features a uh, cult leader. It features very dark photography in a museum. Like that, but it also features like lots of quips. And, you know, honestly, I expected I hmm, my problem with Marvel is that everything kind of feels the same at the end of the day to me a little bit. Like it has the same tone mm-hmm. of like, let's go hard, but not too hard. Cause we got to like rope in the family audience. So we got to like have yeah. the jokes and it sometimes the, like all the quips sort of make it just feel homogenous. But I actually laughed at a bunch of them in this episode. Like I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I totally com- agree with that. And I completely agree with you. Like the, the, a lot of the action, like the action scenes, there are a lot of good ones. But the action scenes taking place off screen was like kind of unexpected and different and gave it like a charge of like, yes. why is this happening? What keeps happening to this character? I would say this is the one that I've enjoyed the most, I think, um, of the Marvel I, premiere so yeah. far. I will say Marvel shows tend to start well sometimes. And then like they've they, I, have, I don't think I've like any of the endings to any of the Marvel shows. Oh, even really? I like, like, no, not even Loki. And Loki, well, okay, Loki was probably the best one. Although lo- the Loki one got blasted because people were like, it's oh, just a it? guy talking for like 45 minutes in the finale. We're bored. That was why it was good. I li- <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I did yeah. like that. But this yeah. was the my, my, my favorite premiere probably because um, it just had a, a different kind of energy, which was Marvel, but different enough that I, I, I was, I, I didn't feel dragged into the gravity of the greater MCU yet. Yes. Yeah. That was exactly what I said after I I finished watching was I, if this feels like the least MCU dependent story Mm -hmm. right now, um, (laughs) I saw a quote somewhere floating. Yeah. Right now I saw a quote floating around somewhere about how one of the people attached to moon Knight said it didn't need as many MCU references. And I, I just, I hope, I hope that that 
you know, we don't get to episode four and it becomes a who's going to cameo next fest because the story as it stands right now is really cool and doing mm-hmm. different things than any other Marvel story has. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think the humor, I, d- I had heard early effective. impressions that it was funnier than people expected. Like it's still, it's dark for Marvel, but Oscar Isaac, it, he feels really like he's good. like an actor at the top of his game here. Dude, like he oh. sells, the humor works because of him. He was it really fantastic does. throughout, like whether he was yeah. like, all the physical comedy stuff on, on like throwing the cupcakes in the guy's face and like all the frantic <laughs> yeah. running, the yes. fear, like kind of the, the, the hesitancy. And then he was convincing as um, yeah. the brief Mark Spector moment too. I even like in your review, remember you said like, you said like hilariously, he's talking to a guy, a stat whose statue still. And I read yeah. that and I was like, that doesn't sound funny. And then it happened this minute. I was like, that's not very funny. It's kind of hacky. But then the rest of it, I was, and I, I got a little fear. Like, hmm, I wonder if it's just going to be all like that. But then there were a lot of parts yeah. where I actually did laugh out loud and also get pretty invested. Like, yes, I am excited to see this. I think it's one of the more interesting things they've done. Bring it on. I did not think that yeah. such, but it was funny. <laughs> I, I didn't think right it now. was for the record. I didn't say it was funny. I said mm-hmm. it was an example of their, their writing being good. Cause he's complaining about needing mm. to always be moving and how restless he is to a street performer whose job it is to be mm. a human statue. Yeah. But it had that whole thing where like he was talking and then like, you can't see who he's talking to. And I'm like, Oh, what's the twist going to be? What goofy thing we're not talking to. Is it going to be a dog? Is it going to be a mailbox? Oh, it's a guy who's a statue in a square. Oh, how clever. That's so nice. Ah, 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 That's ah, right. Ah. But- <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. You can't please everyone. You cannot please everyone. Generally, I liked it though. Christian liked Hawkeye. I, I I enjoyed I mean, Hawkeye. Kind of felt fell into what you said, like the who's going to cameo next camp for me. I enjoyed it, but yeah. it felt very held hostage by the Marvel machine almost to me. I enjoyed it, but this is is more interesting to me. So yeah, I agree with that. I I like Hawkeye a lot, but I think it was halfway through the season. It basically became we're going to get a new cameo every week, every single one, which I enjoyed the cameos, but it detracted from like the overall focus, I guess, compared to something like WandaVision that was really focused. Yeah. Right down the line to the end with the story it was telling. Um, it felt like Hawkeye was telling a few different stories, which was cool. Completely it, agreed. That one feels exactly like the opposite of what Moon Knight feels like right now. Like you couldn't really watch Hawkeye if you weren't up on your MCU stuff. Yes, I agree. Or you, you couldn't. Admit, you be, wouldn't get like half of it. Yeah, not my favorite one. But I mean, cute. It was nice. I, I, I didn't hate it. By the way, before we move on. Um, oh, Nicole says Hawkeye's too one dimensional for me. I tend to agree. But and Nicole, I mean, I'm not sure if you're into Marvel stuff. I guess you are. You watch Hawkeye. Uh, this one's pretty good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, yeah. Hodabu has a cool comment before we move on about House of the Dragon. It says, I find it interesting that House of the Dragon will have two episodes out by the time Lord of the Rings airs. Since Lord of the Rings only has eight episodes, they are going to be airing episodes back to back till they end. Only. So Hodabu, I mean, it was destined. Quite possibly not. I, I hit the math a bit ago. So Amazon likes to drop like the first three episodes of things at once. The Wheel of Time did that. Um, This is may as well drop like two at a time. We're not sure, but I think what they're going to do is drop the first three all at once on Amazon. So they're only going to have five left and House of the Dragon has 10 and they're only going to do one a week. So I think House of the Dragon will start before Lord of the Rings and also end after Lord of the Rings is over. (laughs) Man, that's going to just eat their... I mean... They're going to have whatever season they're going to have, but that feels like how could that not eat their thunder a little bit if it starts before and like if the Rings of Power's entire run is in is during House of the Dragon mm-hmm. um, and then House of the Dragon gets to have its finale uncontested. I don't know. I mean, we're we'll not see. sure they're going to do that, but I think they will. Like, because that's usually what Amazon likes to do. Um, it if is. it were me, I would do it one a week, but uh, it's not. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see Unfortunately. how it goes. So, Daniel, yeah, we're talking a lot. Um, we, we've been eating up a lot of time. I know we have a what are we watching section. You want to take like 30 seconds, say what you're watching? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight. Of course. Go watch it. I also started Outlander this week. I, I will get caught up. Outlander fans. I got to say, I like it a bit. 
I felt a little torn because I, so I've been watching Outlander since it started. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy the show. It feels a little like we're kind of going in, in circles or like, it's like the cycle of trauma kind of <laughs> on Outlander. And it needs to be for the heavy, like subject matter they deal with. Right. But at a certain point, it feels like we're covering ground we've already covered in some ways. So I've only seen the, the first episode. I still have three Work. more to catch up on. I liked it. Uh, th- it feels like the jury's out. I like the, the Christie's coming onto the scene, stirring mm-hmm. up trouble. I mean, I hate the Christie's. The Christie's <laughs> suck. But th- it's a test. The show is best when it has good villains. So the Christie father is kind of detestable. Um, so yeah, uh, jury's out. But I'm enjoying what I've seen so far. I just hope it picks up. As Nicole yeah, says. Yeah, Nicole says it's been very slow pacing. Yeah. And Julie says it gets better. Keep watching. So yeah, I'll be curious. Check back okay. in on that. I will. I watched the end of our Flag Means Death. Damn, they got real gay, didn't they? That went on full gay. Uh, our Flag Means Death. I haven't went, uh... seen the end. Oh, no. You haven't? <laughs> Sorry. No, I. it's okay. I saw the fan art. I knew. That's funny where that came from. I was I was surprised. And um again, at like HBO's guts, like the two main characters, Blackbeard yeah. and uh Steed Bonnet got fully into a gay relationship. And that's like the tension. All right, cool. Good for yeah. them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, again, gutsy take. It's a gutsy take. I feel like it's uh, you know, they set it up. It doesn't Again, I haven't seen the end, but knowing that's where it's going, it doesn't feel like that will come out of nowhere. Oh, no. I, I mean, mean like, did it? N- no, are you kidding? Like, they've had significant glances all season. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of shows where the fan base, at least, there's like a certain kind of fan base, you know, that like um, likes to write kind of uh, slash fiction. Like, they see yeah. like kind of characters being very close in TV shows, and then they kind of take that and run with it and make these what sometimes to me come off as like i don't know um imagine realities that don't really reflect what the story is being told but yeah yes. they do it and then like you know they have like who who's a famous gay couple oh like sherlock and john watson like that couple for like the entire run of that show the fans were like gay 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 gay, gay. give us more gay 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 and they didn't and there was like <laughs> people who were mad yeah. at the end of that series that they didn't get together because in the fans heads that this is what should happen yeah our flapping's death almost felt like a reaction to that like it was counting on that like we're gonna do the same thing yeah. we're gonna actually follow through which um yeah it's cool like i i hadn't seen that before so it was very fun it like yeah so it wasn't cool. as funny as i thought it was gonna be but it was uh charming and interesting yeah it it seemed it, charming feels like the right word it mm-hmm. wasn't what i've seen of it i still need to watch the last two i really enjoyed them definitely didn't i mean i laughed more during moon night probably than i did during I most episodes right. of our flag means death <laughs> but i found one hot take for our flag means death that i've been thinking about which is that it's not just a love letter to like pirate stuff but also to black sales and of course i perked up at that because i love black sales but thinking about a few of the major beats like them going to like the pirate capital it's called nassau and black sales i don't remember what they call it the republic Mm. of pirates which was the name for it in in um island yeah yeah but the one of the main characters of Black Sails, one of the scariest pirates you find out is gay halfway through the show. Wow. So it, there are some other nods like that where it's like, I could maybe buy it. I don't totally subscribe to the Black Sails love letter, but I my heart. So I'll you do it. love Black Sails. People watching da- I Daniel's do. like favorite show ever is Black Sails. So if you ever want to get him true. Um, a Christmas gift, make it a black sales hoodie that's Beyond right that did you watch anything else um oh I, you know uh question asked if i started watching the resident alien i'm gonna get to it instead of watching uh miracle workers the show with daniel Radcliffe and steve buscemi is in like an anthology oh, how is different... that it's good like um it always looked interesting to me it always looked kind of funny and charming and like a sitcom but not a laugh track sitcom mm-hmm. and again like sort of a sci-fi twist they work in heaven or whatever um really funny nice cool half yeah. hour goes down really easy um, I'm going to watch the rest. Cool. Very, very easy watching. Like it quirky in a good way. Not overbearing. Nice. Not too much. Solid. Oh, man. You know what else? The the other show that I've watched a bit of this week mm-hmm. that I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but I'm going to admit it because we're here. We're being honest on the podcast. Let's do it. Go I've ahead. seen most of this season of Bridgerton. Bridgerton, as Nicole has we, as well. We've had it on in the background here. Bridgerton's and, uh, huge. Don't be so ashamed about that. No, Bridgerton's enormously okay. popular. <laughs> That's true. That's, it's a far cry from the 
kind of stuff we I normally talk about on here. But oh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it. it's it, it's got corsets and costumes and stuff, and it has that's um, true string renditions of Madonna's Material Girls. Got most things to talk about on here. Yeah, Alanis Morissette was in there. That that oh, took yeah. me aback. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I I don't know if you've seen any of this season, but it's definitely. Uh, I think it's maybe better than the first season. I don't remember the first season that well, but. <laughs> The tension's high. Tension's high. That's what I don't know what. Eh, maybe I'll watch. I don't know. So I, I, I think that Resident Evil I want to watch. Resident Alien, sorry. I don't think Britain's really high on my list, but it's possible. I wouldn't I mean, go out of your I way for nothing it. Nothing against it at all. It just doesn't yeah. ring my bell like some things do. Um, That's fair. Anything else you're watching or anything, anything else y'all out there are watching before we move on to the next final section? That's all I'm watching. That's about it. Aside yeah. from more Elden Ring. Oh God, Elden Ring. Okay. Um, let's do the final section, the Wick News let's Lightning Round. Where myself and the Daniel have 20 seconds to give our hot takes on news of the day, no going over on penalty of death. <laughs> okay. Uh, Daniel, I want your that opinion. Got, that got real very this, fast. It's <laughs> first one. Well, it's not true to to uh, if it if that helps. Okay, are you ready? Wait, you want my take? You want to give a take? I want your take. So I'm going to ask you, with your permission, if it's okay, this one first. Yeah, sure. Things. Okay, sure. cool. Okay, 20 seconds on the clock. Um, Daniel, okay. again, uh, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock's face at the Oscars. Your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, aside from that, I thought it was hilarious. I. Okay, so Will Smith's <laughs> wife has uh, has alopecia. alopecia. Yeah, it's a sensitive thing hearing a joke about something like that in front of thousands of people on television. I don't blame Will Smith for doing it, Thank but. You. And that is all for that. Also just a great topic. situation. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. That's all the, that's all the room we've got. Okay. Go on. Okay. Dan, mm-hmm. the last kingdom was the number one show on Netflix the week after its release. Good for the last kingdom. I mean, we've always said that historical show is very, very good, but kind of underwatched. I mean, it, it, it always had fans, but never like blew up. I love to see that it, yeah. in its final season, it, it's had um, bigger success. And I wonder if it, if the success is making Netflix look twice. Think like, should we give it a sixth season? Rather than, I mean, it's kind of too late now, but um, I'm glad <laughs> right. it ended and, and strong. Okay. Yeah, agree. Um, uh, Daniel, Michael Keaton actor is reportedly... <laughs> Only in the post-credit scene for the upcoming Spider-Man adjacent movie, Morbius, and fans are mad. Why are they mad about that? Because he's been in all the trailers. It's mm-hmm. been the main selling point for Morbius of Michael Keaton's in it. How are we tying it to the MCU? Because Michael Keaton was in the MCU. Yes, he was. It's the same character. And he's reportedly been cut to only the post-credits. So they've had post credit scenes in the trailers. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> Up in arms about Morbius. I'm mad about that one. Fool me once, Sony. Uh, okay. Hit me. Dan. Mm-hmm. Kit Harrington auctions off signed Game of Thrones rap gift with proceeds going to humanitarian relief in Ukraine. I'm getting really easy ones. It's just like nice things. Like, yeah, Kit Harrington, Jon Snow and Game of Thrones just auctioned off like this blanket he got for the end of Game of Thrones, like from the production. Like there are only like so many out of them in the world. And just the proceeds go to help uh, Ukrainians who are being displaced and bombed uh, in the war that Vladimir Putin is raging right now. That's great. It's obviously laudable. Good for him. And uh, more like this, please. All right. Oh, okay. Daniel. It's almost like you planned this lightning round. I mean, of course I did. Um, I mean, <laughs> I literally, I, I wrote it. I literally planned this. Daniel, Oscar Isaac okay. says that the Metal Gear Solid movie where he plays famed video yeah. game character Solid Snake is still in development, still going forward. Are you interested in that? Yeah, I'm interested in that. I love Metal Gear Solid. I've been playing it since I was a, a young gamer. Um, I, I'm i excited to see Oscar do Isaac do that. They're searching for the story. Um, so <laughs> yeah. whenever it happens, I will watch it and give it a chance. And I think Metal Gear lends itself well to movies. Uh-huh. Catch you next very, week, very Julie. Much. Adios, Julie. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. All right, completely. Dan. All right. I want to hear your take on this one. Okay, so <laughs> see if I can read it without laughing. Vladimir Putin uh-huh, thinks J.K. Rowling. Yeah, Vladimir Putin, the, the Russian dictator currently yeah. waging war on Ukraine. That guy. He thinks, that guy thinks J.K. Rowling was unfairly canceled 
for her transphobia. This, How do you feel about this? This was insane. So Vladimir Putin <laughs> takes time out of his busy schedule of invading a country and creating a huge refugee crisis, killing thousands of people to get on TV and say that he feels kinship with J.K. Rowling because he <laughs> apparently also thinks that trans people are dangerous and confused. Uh, just, well, it's insane. Who does that? Okay. Yeah, God, that, I hope it made that, her think twice. I was about laughing who about that for a long time. <laughs> just, can Me you too. imagine? Just okay. Um, okay, um, Daniel. Uh, fantasy yes. author Brandon Sanderson backs every single publishing project on Kickstarter. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Brandon Sanderson breaking rec- uh, records for the highest funded Kickstarter of all time, over thirty five million at this point ends tomorrow and he went through as a way to give back and backed every single book project that was being made on Kickstarter and I think really? that's awesome and that's the kind of reason people like him so much there's some really uh, feel good stories in this one interspersed some really weird stories <laughs> yeah truth truth okay I don't which is this one is this feel good or is this maybe this, this is, is a weird is, one this is industry rigmarole Okay, industry rigor the that uh-huh. yeah that thing. Uh, HBO that Max is mm-hmm. yeah HBO Max uh, is making an it prequel series. It Stephen King's it yeah. prequel. I don't think this is um g- good or bad really. Uh, it was a movie. It was successful. So I had a killer clown who eats children, and now HBO Max is going <laughs> to make a prequel show set twenty years before the start of the first movie. I mean, it feels like a cash grab to me because, like, I don't know, nobody really want that. But you know, they, they want they have like a Dune series and of the Batman series. Now they're gonna have it series because there's like the franchises. Good for them. I'm fine with yeah, it. I don't really it's care. It's a one choice. Or the other. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And that is all we got for you this week. Thanks everybody for watching. I I, I enjoyed this one. There's a lot of big news, a lot of big things to go over. I was enjoyed talking with yeah. you guys. We both do. And I hope as Kristen says, so the clown wins. Like, yeah, it's gotta be. It's like in the sixties and he comes up and he eats kids and he's fine. He goes to sleep, happy and healthy and full, I guess. <laughs> and he's fine. <laughs> what? He, 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 he doesn't die. Like we, we saw that yeah. happen in the, in the, in the 2020s, but okay. Um, as Nicole says, it has been very overdone. And I agree with that too. They want to wring some more out of it. That they, they want to like, they see some dollar signs. So like, let's make a show. Like it's the same thing with the Batman and the, the I mean, not that it'll be good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it, it could be good, but uh, once it says that they want to get like a spinoff and kind of ring stuff. Anyway, um, thanks for watching. Everybody. Yeah. We are here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Winner is Coming yeah. Facebook page and the Winner is Coming YouTube page. Hope to you can join us for more quality discussion. You can also download the Take the Black Life podcast on Google Play, iTunes, wherever podcasts are downloadable. We'll be back next week to answer all of your questions. Goodbye. <laughs> Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.